Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. Today we have a lovely interviewee, a neighbour of mine called Ashling Fraser and she works in the local Danu Wellness, a wellness centre um, and she practices ancient Celtic healing along with other modalities and massage and has a super strong connection to nature which has helped her throughout her life. So Ashling, welcome. Um, would you tell us a bit about yourself? Thank you, Kate Menon. Uh, yes, so here I am. Um, I'm a therapist. I have been for a long time. Uh, I set up the space, Danu Wellness, probably maybe about two years ago now, but I worked full time in this type of work maybe I suppose for about six years now and I'm very very passionate about it because I was brought to this work through my own personal journey through my own pain through my own life experiences they brought me deeper into this place where I am now so I suppose where am I now (laughs) I'm very much in connection to who I am uh, and, and I found that through nature, discovering my own nature and all of the nature that exists around us in this world. Um, would you like me to describe a little bit about my, like kind of what brought me here? Yeah, yeah? that would be great. Okay, so um, about six years ago, I had um, a big transition in my life. Um, I went through a difficult time with anxiety and stuff like that and uh and, and it really pulled me into a place of um, deeper connection to self and to what I was supposed to do and actually what was my purpose in life, you know. I always knew I wanted to heal, always, probably all my life I always tried to fix things. My mum would tell you that when I was small, I was always the one that was kind of on the side of whoever was in trouble. Um, I always, you know, found the wounded animal and tried to fix it and stuff like that. But I never really did it. So I had an office job that was really, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really have any business there. I wasn't good at it. I made lots of mistakes. Nobody understood my filing systems. (laughs) And then eventually, anyway, through life circumstances, I left and I began um, coming back into the world of healing. So I did it full time then. And, and what I found is um, through my own personal experiences, I was presented with a lot of things, a lot of that people had coming into me and I knew exactly how to help them because I had a personal experience of all these things. So as my journey evolved, I suppose my work deepened through my own spiritual practice. Um, I'm very, very spiritual. I believe um, in all nature around us that that we are one. You know, God doesn't sit somewhere else for me. God sits in absolutely everything, including us. And it doesn't matter what name God has. It's just another uh, term for something that we don't really understand, which is part of the great mystery. Um, Then I suppose maybe two years ago, um, I've always been a very strong person. Um, I would describe myself as a strong person, just able to do and stuff like that. And and I got news that actually I had breast cancer cells. And that was a shock to me because it was like everything I ever believed about myself was like completely tested and challenged. So I knew that it was very much supposed to be how it was supposed to be. I never really, really feared that this was, you know, the way out for me. I always trusted that this was part of my deepening journey. And I spent so much time in nature. 
I have three children, not much time. Um, I'm sure lots of people will know we live a very busy life. I, I lived fast. I had lots of stuff going on. I helped a lot of people. I I was in a position of caring in many ways. So I took time for myself. I went up. I used to get up at six in the morning. I would go into nature and I would literally sit. I would sit for maybe one hour, two hours before the day began. And I would allow the voice of nature really to come through me to bring me to all elements of my healing until I really found that like many many aspects of myself began to be healed through this uh, I also went to many different healers and I had already been doing shamanic work maybe for the last nine years so through all of that I found out more about um, a lot of the practices that we used to really um, engage in in Ireland so I suppose that had already moved me on to a path of finding out about my own lineage and actually what we used to do here years and years ago, you know, when we used to sit, when we used to connect to nature, when we used to see the leaf beside us, when our voice used to be carried through the wind to, you know, the other tribal folk that were out hunting. Um, and it really fascinated me. So it led me to some work with my current teacher now, Ger Lyons, who's absolutely gifted at what he does. A lot of the work, it's not about um, teaching. He brings through a really, really very powerful, amazing ancient energy and many other ones. But very much of it is linked to our own um, personal history here in Ireland and the Tua de Donan. So while he brings that through, what he does is it's core cellular healing. So it brings you to your own healing. So it clears everything within your own body which actually allows you to present as just yourself and become your own healer and find your own work. And and my work currently is very much, um, I suppose it is just grounded in the earth here, very much in Ireland. I've discovered a lot about myself that I really never knew. And this ancient being has begun to come through that has all of these fabulous powers that I never knew I had of helping healing to pass through my body to to go to others and to connect them to their own nature and also to the nature that exists around them, which is them, because we are nature and nature is us. Mm, thank you so much for your honesty and for sharing your story. I'm sure it will really help other people out there. Um, and you mentioned you had tried other healings also. So do you feel like now you've really found one that has really aligned with you? As in the other ones, how were they different? So for anybody out there who's trying different modalities and maybe they feel like they're just not getting to the core. Was it something about this one that really hit you? So, yes, I have um, embarked on many different teachings. I'm a reflexologist, aromatherapist. I do massage, Indian head massage, Balinese massage. I do different shamanic teachings. I've done that over the years. Everything is absolutely amazing, amazing. And everything that I have done has brought me to where I am today. Um, but nothing really had an ending for me. It was like nobody really was my teacher as such. You know, I always knew there just wasn't that perfect fit and I never really knew why. So then about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I went for, um, have you ever heard of Dolores Cannon? Mm, maybe. 
yeah, she's absolutely amazing. She's written many, many books. Um, she's a hypnotherapist, but what she created is this quantum healing hypnosis technique, um, which really brings you straight to your higher self. So you get to spend time to your higher self with your higher self. So a friend of mine was doing that. I contacted her for some other reason, like counseling or something like that at the time. She said, no, Ashing, this is what you have to do. You have to come up to me and do this. It's like five hours long, really intense. She's a psychotherapist. So I lay in her bed and literally I got to spend two and a half hours with my higher self, completely coming through me with a different voice and everything like that, using language that I had never heard before. Um, which guided me into completely what I needed to know about my body, my everything like that. It's not something that you do that you need to do again in six months. It's something you do once in a lifetime and that's it. And and what came through for me really was that I never found a teacher because I am my own teacher and that I needed to work with Ger Lyons to find my own medicine, which is exactly what he does. It's not that he's teaching you a particular modality like Reiki or Amatsu or Shiatsu or anything like that. He's revealing um who you truly are and what you truly hold. And in that revelation for me, what came through is that actually I have this amazing ability to hold space for ancient Ireland and to call back this energy, this work that we would have done thousands of years ago, maybe six thousand years ago. All of these practices and rituals that we used to partake in, my work now is calling people back to that, calling them back outdoors, like she speaks, you know, all elements of the earth speak. Um, so bringing people back outside to work through this energy work that became my role through getting rid of all of my stuff. So basically, like when we're born, from the day we're born and beyond, because we hold all of our ancestral line of damages and traumas and everything as well with us, um, we just gather stuff, you know, it's like a stone gathering, moss gathering, dirt gathering, everything gathering dust along the way. And when you begin to clear all of that through this type of work, eventually there is just nothing left but your soul and your soul's purpose. So through that, that's what I do now is help people to find their soul's purpose through like that cleansing clearing and purifying all of their cells and getting rid of all of the belief patterns that are untrue all of those things that we hold in our head all of those things that that make us be stuck where we are and not move forward all of those things that we fear um so that's why this work really for me became my work because it allowed me to be myself 100% and nothing else i i i don't have to read a book now um it just comes straight through my body this ancient healing work comes straight through my body and goes wherever it needs to go to whatever people it needs to go to so it sounds a little bit far out <laughs> no I but totally it's not get it. totally get <laughs> it's it. very powerful and it's of our land you know it's of our land and in this land of ireland this is such an ancient place you know we have all of these myths and folklores and we have this gorgeous power that exists within the land here and sometimes we just don't know it and and it is trying to be remembered the land is trying to remind us that she's here and that everything that we need is right here in her soil available to us you know we don't have to copy anything it is within us so you talk about this land being ancient um you know we have our old oaks and we've beautiful native trees and um, although a lot of it, you know, we look at our forest cover, you know, a lot of it has been stripped away, but still within the soil, that power exists. And why do you think Ireland 
holds that power in comparison to somewhere else? Because it's magical. Um, I don't know. There's very, there's something very special about our land here. Somebody recently, and I'm only trying to discover it, someone very recently said to me about um, that they believed that Ireland was was over a load of quartz. So it was like an energetic centre. Um, there's definitely something, if you think back to, you know, thousands of years ago, all of these stone circles, all of these dolmens, these portal tombs, everything like that, like they weren't put here for no reason, you know, and I suppose that's part of our mystery that we're trying to uncover. And the more that we connect with this energy, the more we it will reveal itself to us as to why, you know, I mean, the people of the tribes, the Tuhas, back in the day, they carried rocks, like ginormous rocks. I think in uh, Loch Gur, Grange Stone, Stone Circle, there's over, it's like 113 or something like that, giant, giant boulders there that represented all of the community. Like each rock represented one family in the community. And they're located in this most perfect place aligned with all of the stars with all of the directions of the north the south the east and the west and i suppose that's for us to try and reveal why but we don't stop and we don't tune in so the more that we begin to tune into what this land holds i believe that that will begin to reveal itself why is ireland so special why do i meet people all of the time that want to move to ireland that love ireland that love everything about its ancientness and, and I really don't know, but I want to know. So I'm beginning to try and discover, like my sister said to me there about six months ago, she's like, did you just find out that you were Irish or something like that, Ashling? <laughs> you know, but it's true. I never loved the language that we had. I never loved our music. I never noticed it. Oh, I hate Irish, you know, like that's a hurt. That's a that's a trauma that our nation holds about our language because we weren't allowed to speak it back in the day. You know, because it was taken from us and and it became something that was dirty and sinful. And, you know, only the poor spoke Irish. And then if you had to get a job, you just stopped speaking Irish altogether, you know. So I want to know. So like I'm picking up books um, about all of our ancient stories. I got this gorgeous one there, Irish Myths and Legends, Gods and Fighting Men. It's a book that was written in 1904 by Lady Gregory and it's got all of our stories from the Tua de Don and to Cucullin to Fionn McCool and the Salmon of Knowledge and the Children of Lear and all of these stories want to come back. Like I want to teach my kids them now. I want them to know why their land is so special. I want to discover together why our land is so special and why everybody is calling or is being called to Ireland right now. I know people from all over the world and they're like, there's just something strange, but I really feel like I'm connected to the land of Ireland. There's something very potent here. And the Neolithic people knew, the tribes knew, but... But I think a lot of that medicine was put back down into the ground through our history. And now it's beginning to reveal itself again. So it's an exciting time. You know, it's really an exciting time because through COVID, people have been pushed back outdoors. They've been pushed into the sea, to the forests. Everything is being used like she is pushing us back out to see her and to acknowledge her and to know that if you stand long enough in one spot, you will hear a tree speak. 
and I might sound a little bit crazy now, but I believe in a couple of years time, I'm not going to be the only crazy one. And that is actually going to be given back to us because people will not just rush past with a million thoughts in their head and a million, million silly jobs that these tiny little bodies need to do, but don't really need to do at all. But actually we'll stop and we'll take time. And I suppose through my illness, that was such a gift that was brought to me because I couldn't move fast. My body wouldn't allow me to move fast. So so I do go down the beach now and I spend two hours down there. And actually, I don't feel guilty anymore because I'm a mother of three children and I still take that time just to be in nature. And that's what I want everybody else in the world to do. I want to see other mothers down there just swimming in the sea, maybe surfing, maybe collecting seaweed, maybe growing in their garden and just not rushing around all of the time and pacing it down. You know, we move so quickly. We just don't get to um, feel the beauty of all that exists around us. And I think when we begin to do that, we will know exactly why Ireland is so special, you know, and why she calls so loudly to us to come back to her. Yeah, thank you. It's a lot of beautiful reminders there. And yeah, nature is always the mirror. If we can move like her, we feel so much better. And, you know, people, when they get outside, they realise it, you know. They realise it because their nervous system is aligning to what it should be. And they're like, oh, that's why. Mm. And really funnily, you know, I've on my Instagram when I use it for running or different things outdoors and I'm like get outside and I met a lady at a workshop the other day and she said you know what she was with her daughter and she said I actually was going to go painting the other day and I saw your video and I was like I need to get outside yeah but it's true <laughs> but Kate. it's funny you know yeah, because you inspire so many people like why is everyone talking about Catch Kate because she's doing all of the things that we want to do but we don't allow ourselves the time to do you know and now you're gone really red <laughs> but it's true because you're Mm. out there and people are like oh I want to do that we want to come back to the earth we are not content with how we live and we will not live like this anymore stress is a freaking epidemic around the place you know I have Mm. so many clients and 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 they remind me of myself because that's how I always lived and don't live as much now but still do live from time to time when I forget you know just trying to hold so much full-time job mm. you know have a family be perfect have the perfect car have the perfect why are we doing this mm. all of our memories I remember reading something like that before if you think back to all of your happy times in life they're probably outside and they're probably having an experience they're not shopping they're not buying they're not anything that we do every day they're just being and being with family like family and friends around us in beautiful places doing beautiful things. I know for me, that's when all of my most amazing memories are anyway. And for my children as well, they'll often recount different things I did, you know, that we did together. And it's places, you know, they love Castle Gregory because we go to the beach all the time there and we're over the dunes and we're running in the dunes. None of these these things cost money, you know, they just are and they're beautiful and, and we need to revisit that. And our land heals. You know, when I came back, I was away for six days there in Connemara at a workshop last week. And when I came back, two of my plants on the windowsill were dead, my mint and my basil. And the kids were like, oh, you totally left the plants, mom. You didn't do anything to them. I came back and I gave them such love. I spoke to them. I gave them love. I watered them. And within two days, they responded. They were back to their full health again. So like Mother Nature is very forgiving. And the minute we 
turn ourselves back to her, she will respond to us open heartedly. She doesn't condemn. She doesn't um, judge or anything like that. We are but human. We're doing our best. But as soon as we begin to turn to her, she will respond to us 100%. You know, the land will respond to our care, the garden. I have an example of like, I grew mint in the garden and years ago when I did use, um, what's the stuff called that you pour in the land? Yeah, Roundup. When I did use that, I had a whole veg box full of mint and I just didn't want it anymore. So I Roundupped it and I got rid of it. I'd say for six years, mint would not grow in my garden. And like, you know how mint grows, it grows like a weed. It would not come back to the garden. It really just got the hump. And it was like, I am not going back to your garden because you totally decimated us. And every year I'd get mint from my dad and every year I'd plant it all over the garden and it would just die. And this year... Is the first year that the mint has come back into the garden and I'm like, okay, that really tells me where I'm at. You know, the relationship has changed. I won't use any of that stuff now as much as I can avoid using anything like that. Like we're not perfect um, and we live in a modern world. But I think, you know, our relationship changes when we begin to just put time and effort into it with nature, you know. Mm, yeah definitely and super resilient as well and super forgiving and super loving and yeah it's that unconditional love and if we are to be nature we have to mirror it and not hold grudges not hold resentments not hold you know because the sooner we forgive we're put back to our essence and Mm. if we can be like that how beautiful the world could be you know not look at people with a grudge and be like you did this to me yeah just take them back again with love you know obviously if there's abuse there's other stories for that Mm. maybe nature might push back a bit Mm. but you know because it's unconditional love like we are all actors for each other we're all acting out different parts for us to be able to heal you know we get triggered by different things and that's part of ourselves that have an opportunity to heal in that interaction you know we're all here on a journey to heal and each of us is playing out different parts so that we can actually take up the challenge and heal and I think as soon as we begin to return to our own nature that will bring us back to nature as soon as we begin to heal ourselves and find our own inner clay as John O'Donovan talks about our own inner landscape that exists within us because at the end of the day that's what we are we came from the earth and we will literally go back to the earth and become the soil again and that is what our children's children will come from it's a continuum our ancestors you know what I mean our ancestors are the soil it goes around and around and around and as soon as we rediscover our own nature by stopping and listening and taking time to heal then that will bring us back to mother nature because everything you know will just be in perfect flow then Mm, definitely and you know being a mom yourself and having that busy life what would you say for people how could they connect and ground to nature with little time available how can they harness that time and are there some ancient practices that you've brought back to your life that you've been learning um that maybe we can benefit from Yeah, I suppose there is. Um, I suppose, firstly, to get that time to be able to do that, if you choose for yourself, you know, choose for yourself. If you're a mother, the energy stems from you. So if you're always choosing others, you become depleted. Actually, just say yes to yourself and and of a day that you know there's a million tasks to do, just walk away from them and go outside 
and you will be so grateful, even if it is only for 20 minutes. And plus changing the pace, like we feel like we need to do so much. Maybe there are certain things that we need to do. Maybe we can say no to some of the stuff that everybody else is doing around us and just do it a little bit differently. Um, maybe we can do that. And actually, there's a great gift in that, you know, because you just get that time back. Um, so I would definitely say just give yourself a little bit of time and say yes to the great outdoors. Say no to the jobs. They'll still be there. There'll always be time. Maybe the house can get a little bit dirtier for a while and that's OK, too. Or maybe you can get your tasks done at a different time to be able to just say yes to giving yourself that space. Bring your children outside, bring them up the fields, bring bring them picking blackberries, smeradova. They're around at the moment. It's such a gift when they get covered in all of their red fingers and their messy faces and clothes and then they come back and they want to do something with them. You know, bring them out there, teach them about the land as well as everything else they do. You know, I'm saying like I spend loads of time inside with soccer pitch, spend loads of time going to gymnastics, everything else that they want to do, but also choosing that time outside um, if you can as well. Practices that I brought back, I suppose something that I'm really learning is it doesn't matter what religion you are or what you believe in. But somebody said to me recently, let every step that you lay upon the land be a prayer. So that's what I'm really trying to practice. Um, like what, what I would say in prayer is great spirit. I do have a firm belief in God, not in the Catholic sense, but that God is in absolutely everything. So um we would pray here to great spirit, great spirit, anything that I need, anything that I don't want, I'll ask for it because prayer is so powerful and it is answered like literally instantly. I just wanted to go down to the beach there and get a bag of seaweed. I thought, oh, handy, I could put some seaweed out in the garden now to try and grow veg next year. I was like, I wonder if there's seaweed there. I drove down to the beach. The tide was out and there was literally mountains of seaweed all over the beach. I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, prayers are answered. So to let every step to whoever or whatever it is you pray to or yourself or your intention, whatever shape or form it comes, let it be a prayer. Um, practices. I suppose we try and sit together outside a little bit more. You know, I suppose some of the things I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, like if there's something that needs to be done, we will go out to the land and, and we will try and connect to the land to, to be able to make that happen or to be able to release that. So, yeah. Lovely. Um, and in your general, you know, weekly life, you recently spoke about well i attended that beautiful healing ceremony on inch beach um which is again a celtic tradition am i right yeah it is and we did some beautiful kind of practices with the stone circle and you spoke about the fairy forts um would you mind maybe sharing a bit about that guys okay so yeah so what i brought into so what we do what i do when i do the gatherings um it's a process of invocation and incantations so what it is is something that we would have done thousands of years ago in our tribes in these stone circles which would be calling in the energy um, and the energy comes into the space and basically anything that needs to be done, need to be eliminated from people to help people, anything that are unresolved uh, will begin to become um, obvious. 
and and begin to be cleared in that space. So we would have entered stone circles in a very particular way years and years ago. Um, We don't often do that now, but if your intention is pure, then that's fine. But we would have entered stone circles in peace. A lot of our rituals and practices would have taken place in these places over periods of nine days or more through all of our seasonal festivals like Samhain, Bialtana, Imbolc, um, all of the different ones. So we would have celebrated the day and then we would also have celebrated four days before and four days after. We would have prepared all year long for these um, times, these very sacred times, and we would have entered in peace. If we had anything going on, if we even hated anybody around us, we let it go in advance so that we're entering these sacred places in peace, which was very, very important for the work that we needed to get done with the tribes, for what we needed to ask for from Mother Earth and for what we needed to ask for for ourselves and our families for the continuation of our tribes. So there's a little bit of that comes into the work that I do, bringing a small bit of that back um, and using that process of invocation and incantation. But it's much swifter now because we live in a different way. So we can work it in through music and through these circles and gatherings that will be popping up all over the place and are already going on around the world in many, many places, you know. Uh, Yeah, the fairy forts then, um, the she. So... They're very powerful places. I spent my whole life afraid of my life to set foot in a fairy fort because I would be killed or turned into my children would be turned into changelings or anything like that that I was ever told. Now I spend a lot of time in there because I realise that they're very powerful places for us energetically uh, and historically as well. And I suppose our culture over the years turned very much to fear. And because of that, there was a fear put around the fairy forts to not set foot in them. Um, so it kept us away from all of them. But actually, if we go with um, respect and, you know, clear intention of goodness when we're going to any of these places, they're actually amazing places to visit. And it's all part of our heritage, really, isn't it? You know? Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned as well about the Irish language. And I know you were reading that book by, is it 32 words? 32 words for field. Um. Did you pick up any interesting bits in that? Um, I know you mentioned some bits about... Dulaman. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you like to share maybe a little bit about that book and what inspired you in it? Yeah, so I'm not sure of how his name is pronounced. Is it Monk and Magan? I think it is. But basically, he has retrieved a lot of the Irish language and he's a fantastic Instagram page, which gives us different words all of the time and the meaning of them. So it's really connecting all of our language to the land because the language that we used to speak before was very much based around nature. All of our place names, everything like that was very much connected um, to nature, like, for example, when I just said there, Dulaman, the male um, genital parts were seaweed rack. Everything that we had or we did connected back to a part of the elements of nature. There was 32 words for field or more. There was about 50 different words for rock. We had all sorts of different types of rock. And it's really fascinating because when we lost that language, what he describes in the book is we lost the way we moved in the world. So it really showed me how connected to the land we were back then. 
through our language. So he's trying to pull all of those old words back through all of the older people around. So that's not lost knowledge and that way that we moved in the world isn't lost. Um, and that actually we can learn from it, you know. Um, I met a beautiful man up in Connemara recently. He worked for the EPA. He was uh, testing the waters in the rivers. But what he was also doing was he was going around to all of the older people in the area and he was finding out all of the place names of each part of the river, each pool, each pond, each bend in the river. They all had a name. Each field had a name. I mean, we had such a relationship to the land before. It's just potent. Every field had a name. You know, it had a purpose. So I just think learning from that, I mean, we can really learn from that. It can help us to move in a different way in the world. We don't just run across the field to get to the car park. I mean, the field is of importance. It's a place. It's a really important place, you know. And then I think he goes on about as well, a lot about how um, when the, the place names were anglicised, the meaning of the place was completely lost in the English version of it. So that was an awful tragedy as well, because a lot of our place names were very magical. You know, the fairy who lived at the bend of the river under the hawthorn tree. And then when that's turned into um, an anglicised version, it, it's nothing but a big, long gobbledygook of letters, which sounds a little bit, you know, hard to pronounce. So just you know, looking at the signs and looking at the Irish version, that's what I keep on doing nowadays. I'm looking at the signs and then I look at the Irish version and then I look up what the Irish version means. And then you find out so much more about a place than you'll ever know, you know? Mm, yeah. And it really shows how we were so intrinsically part of nature. Because like if you look at the English language, um, you know, rock, we don't have that many different names, you know, but in our Irish we did. So we must have had so, so, so much time with the land and so connected to not just name it out of the blue, but to have a potent meaning behind the name. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, we are of the earth. You know, we really are. The fairy folk are within us. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And as well, um, another thing, if anybody's been to my bee workshops, I do mention as well about the hive that the female genital parts were connected to um, the hive because it is the same word for honeycomb, Fagin Vala. So again, we see the feminine, which the hive is feminine. Again, whether the Irish language had named it first and then it was anglicised, I don't know. But it just shows again our connection. Absolutely. Like we are of the earth and I suppose... That's a lot of the lost knowledge and that's why we feel such disconnect nowadays because we feel like we're just ourselves living this really difficult life with lots of problems. We are of the earth and I think that's what we can really remember and take from this is that we are the same as the deer, the fox, the badger, the hedgehog that visits the garden. We are absolutely no better, no worse. We are the same of, made from the exact same thing. And I think that is such a beautiful thing to acknowledge because even in the acknowledgement of that, it makes our problems a little bit less, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, out of the head, back into the body kind of a thing. Yeah. Definitely. And would you maybe like to share maybe just maybe your favourite wild fruit or veggie that you like to eat or make? I suppose I love to make seasonal stuff because I think it really um, 
connects you to what's going on with the land. I love to do that with the children. Like I don't make loads of stuff, but I love to pick wild garlic when wild garlic is in season and make wild garlic soup. I love to pick nettles when the nettles are out in March or whatever other month, August. Lately, I love picking dandelion and eating the top off the dandelion, the sun, the moon and the stars, because that's what we used to do again thousands of years ago. The dandelion was a portal um, to the other world, to connecting with the gods. So we used to eat dandelion in sacred ceremony um, to be able to connect to the gods, to be able to get what we needed for the next season and ask for what we needed, you know, the great harvest and great mm. growth and everything like that. So all of those things. And, and I'm trying to relearn about all of the plants, you know, the plantain and that you can use it as a great uh, cicatrant and as a kind of a it seals the skin together it's also a poultice plantain is like what you would have played soldiers with as a kid you know the dandelion you can eat it it's not just a pissy bed you know it's a pissy bed because it's a diuretic mm. because it helps eliminate water from our bed- body you know so all of this mm. knowledge that lies in the plants and that that app picture this is like life-changing like my kids go around with it all the time now and we've recognized the most amazing plants and if they're edible and if they're not edible mm. so so yeah I guess that's what I really enjoy doing is just going out into the wild and discovering what we can eat um, that we don't know we can eat what we can do with different things that we don't know we can do with different things the fuchsia you can suck the back of a fuchsia honeysuckle mm. the same all of those things I love doing that with the kids and they get such enjoyment out of doing it as well mm. I got such joy um, my little girl was at a birthday party recently and she went on a train through farm and she came back and she had a rose hip in her hand and I was so proud of her I just it gave me such joy that she number one saw the rose hip and that she came back to me and she said mommy can I eat this I was like, how cool is that? You know, that she sees what's around her. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know if she could eat it or not. You know, I know you can eat mm-hmm. the petals, but I had to look it up, yeah. you know, but it was a nice uh, discovery in doing that as well. Mm. And all that knowledge is coming back now and it's becoming more and more wanted by people. Yes. Because there is food all around us, all, all around. over the seashore. I've been yeah. going to the seashore so much now and getting all the land the sea plants, the land plants, but amazing. And the, the nourishment in them, like all of it is around us in the fields, on the plants, everywhere. Um, and it's about bringing that back. And it's definitely something I want to learn more about, more foraging, yes. learning more about what we can eat around. It just takes a little bit more effort. But the reward of gathering your food is something so primal in your body. It is. The serotonin you get from gathering the soil mm. in your hands, it's so amazing. So mm. I'm definitely, um, I think we're all going down that lane. We're all going down that yeah. lane. You know, and it and costs nothing. costs nothing and it's a great adventure. Yeah. Like for, for from my point of view with the kids, like we just have the best fun when we're rambling around and just picking up stuff and, you know, the nuts, the berries, whatever you can get, like, mm. and, and seeing if you can eat them or not or just like destructing them or whatever they like doing with them, <laughs> you know, standing on and breaking them. But it's great. I recently got a fantastic um, download. Terry Conroy is her name. She's fabulous. Danu's Irish Herb Garden. And it was a weed book two weed books that brings you through all of the ancient um, weeds that we would have used medicinally and magically in um, for divination and all of the druidic times and everything like that. And plus just the properties that they hold from um, a kind of a, you know, supplemental point of view and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Yeah, amazing. And I'm actually reading a tree forester book as well. It's absolutely gorgeous. It goes through every tree in 
kind of mostly Ireland yes and every time I'm reading like a new page every day like you know you set yourself a little thing so I try to look at a new tree every day and mm. I was reading the bay leaf yesterday and there's a bay leaf that stands in front of the farmhouse and it's colossal and um I'm looking at it all the time like wondering hmm like there must be some use to that and I know you can use it in mm. soups and stews and take out the leaf or whatever because it's not meant to be eaten but actually you can blend down the leaves with a carrier oil into an ointment and it's meant to be like absolutely amazing for any cuts wounds burns Mm -hmm. and I'm just like oh my god like more and more I'm like oh my god everything is around us like I know it but it's like these constant reminders of like the medicine is in everything around us yeah um so I think it's a great um it's a great journey to get back absolutely we know just remember it yeah and it's and it's fun and it's free and it's you know it's I think it's just great to have that knowledge again you know and to not if you don't need to go to the pharmacy then not having to go if you need to go fair enough but if you don't need to go great like I always used essential oils and stuff like that Mm. over the years for the kids but now it's even bringing it to another level of just using the pure plant and being confident in in trying to use these things and trusting them. You know, like mm-hmm. I had a cut on my leg there recently and I, I used the plantain and there was part of me was like, oh, my God, what if I give myself blood poisoning? But I was like, no, I'm going to do it anyway, Ashley. You know, you can't go wrong. It's the plant. Mm-hmm. And I had to almost reteach myself to do that again and not be in fear because we'd been so disconnected to the plant. Mm-hmm. So it takes a little bit of patience as well in trying things and trusting things that actually they do have that power and uh, and that and that we're not actually going to mess up with them like you know but just speaking of the power of the trees recently um my teacher was telling a story about the druids in anglesey i was in anglesey in wales mm-hmm. and uh, and the whole history of that came up about um the the druidic tradition it was a very powerful island you know where hollyhead is and the romans uh, came to take over i don't know if i'm going to tell the story right or not but basically it was covered in oak trees and the romans came and they cut down all of the oaks and in cutting the oaks, all of the druids lost their power. So they literally stood there limp and were un- unable to do anything. So the Romans were able to totally massacre all of the druids. That actually did happen. But that connection to the tree, to the mighty oak, you know, the energy that comes from the tree that we may not remember is there like it is there, mm-hmm. you know. And that story for me really brought it home mm-hmm. at at how when we begin to turn back to nature we can become so much more powerful Mm. in ourselves and in the connection that we make to everything outside of us you know yeah i think the oaks are really powerful yeah especially when you learn about how the seed you know one seed may only survive out of you know so many wow and the cracking it goes under to burst the trauma it undergoes to mm. become this massive powerhouse which houses up to is it two and a half thousand what life imagine, life forms imagine um it's unreal yeah so thank you to the beautiful oaks out there yeah um, anytime i see one and on the farm now i had planted a good like lot of oaks maybe 20 or 50 i can't remember and just looking at them yesterday, some of them are little babies, only the size of my mm. hand. Some of them the size up to my shoulder. And oh my God, the joy and the smiles on my face. And I'm like, oh my God, you're alive because like I gave you the soil. You yeah. know, I, I put you there and that connection, it's so gorgeous. So yeah. we we need to get it back because the joy that we can feel in us is yeah. amazing. Yeah. 
Um, so I suppose I don't want to keep you all day, Ashling. Thank um, you. Would you like to mention anything else um, about your work or anything else before we kind of? Uh, yeah, I suppose um, if anybody is interested in receiving the work in any way, there's um, or any of the work that I do, I do lots of different things. Um, I'm in Danu Wellness. It's www.danuwellnesscork.com. Um, I do the ancient Celtic healing gatherings, which is a group setting. It's a group healing and um, it really will be held outdoors or indoor outdoors. And then I also do one to one Celtic healing and different types of shamanic work as well. Deeper soul retrieval and different things like that. So it's all really on my website. If anybody wants to have a look or my number is 87 if you would like to know anything else about anything we've chatted about, I'm, I'm happy to chat. Super. Thank you, Ashling, for coming on today. Um, love the nature chats. Um, folks, if you like this episode, please give it a share or you can come give some feedback. I would love that. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting every week. And if you are benefiting from this podcast, please support on patreon.com slash catch caught and it can be whatever you like um have a beautiful weekend and i'll talk to you all very soon ciao ciao